The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Arturia, Avid, Source Elements, and RSPE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers. In this week's edition, I'm joined by Russ Hughes and Ashir, a platinum-selling songwriter and producer. We're going to be talking about um, new releases of March 2023 and any other kind of things that happened in March that people spoke about on the internet. So, um, uh, welcome both. We should probably go with uh, what's been the story of of some time, actually. Um, Wave's made an announcement. Couple actually, so um, uh, I don't know who wants to start on that. Uh, the waves thing, I don't know. Was it the musical equivalent of the, the the Russian invasion? It felt like that, didn't it? It felt very big. It felt very mm. like something had dropped on the industry. And uh, what did we learn? I, re- I got, there was a meme I was sending around last week. We learned two things, didn't we? Really, one, people don't like having subscriptions imposed on them, and two, everybody's mm. an expert in running a software company. Because uh, the comments were just went from insane to uh, to just just silly. Uh, mm. it, 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 it people get very emotional. There was a guy that had written an incredibly long uh, article on Gearspace about how heartbroken he was and how it, it ruined his life. And the comments underneath were just great. It's like, well, you probably need to get a life. Uh, <laughs> Because it, it, I think we just need to put this into perspective a bit. Uh, that I think it wasn't good. I think we can all agree on that in terms of... Uh, somebody told me years ago that when you do change, two things you have to take into account. The length of time your organisation has been running for and the size of the amount of people it's going to affect. And on both counts, Waves is old it's 30 years old and it has a huge user base 1.5 million some suggest so if you're gonna do something like that you don't kind of go da da <laughs> because it ain't gonna work that's that's it was it was kind of it was a real example of how to do change management badly uh and so but interesting enough, uh, here's the plot spoiler. They rolled it all back again. And it kind of has worked out better, it kind of feels, in the end. Because now you can subscribe to everything for a hundred for, for about either th- 20 bucks a month or 30 bucks a month, depending on how many you want. You can re-whoop again. That's, the, that's where you can pay periodically to make sure that your plugins are up to date. Or you can buy all the plugins, and they people predicted that once they went back to perpetuals, that they would then mm. hike them all. They seem to have made them all twenty nine dollars each. So, kind of, we've all kind of come out of this, even though it was a bit of a shit show, to be honest. I think that is the term they use in the business world, uh, uh, or cluster is the other one, isn't that? That was from the thick of it. Uh, it's kind of, kind of, for the customer, it's come out quite well I think now and I saw some people going well what are you going to give us free and I thought well you didn't lose anything really you just had a few days of it being a bit shitty but I think we've all ended up I think better off that's my kind of reading of it I I want to I want to bring a share in here just because we had a Mm. bit of a chat during while this was going on and uh, we're talking about various fairly fairly kind of technical points about how this would work and emerged that kind of of sort of like the core team and the experts we're not really overburdened with with um, properly engaged wave, Waves users. 
I don't use Waves stuff. I mean, I, I have I have some freebies that I've picked up doing the free plugins things. Russ, you're kind of you're not really you're not really in, are you? I have no. I do have yeah. some Waves things that are like from my cold dead hand. Yeah, so yeah, I have yeah. H delay is one of them. Mm. Uh, uh, Rvox is one of them. Rvox is just genius. If somebody could break the code of that, then it would be amazing. But it's just brilliant, just the way it can just compress a vocal. But neither of these and, are exactly young products, you know. They're what not I'm young. Is kind but of that, like, yeah. that, but, the, but neither then again, neither is vocal line or, or Omnisphere. Yeah, I, I suppose so, what I'm saying is that what I'm talking about for somebody who's who's oh, I don't, yeah, I don't buy any of the new stuff. Yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. like I, there's one that you can turn your vocal into anything, or you know what I mean, yeah, and yeah. things like that. But so. Uh, so I've got my kind of r- real favourites that, like, as I say, from my cold dead hand, like our, mm. uh, like our bass is another one as well. Mm. Uh, our compressor. And our compressor. I use a lot. Um, SSL channel strip. I think that's really good. I, I bought always... that and I bought it so long ago, it came in a cardboard box. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. <laughs> but yeah, like back, back to your shit. Anyway, the, the thing is, I, I, I do know that you are a, a current Waves user um, to, to, to some degree, more than me at least. So this, you're one of the people, you know, who, who were kind of more affected than I certainly I was. I personally didn't have a problem with it. Um, I think £20 a month for all of their plugins is absolutely fine. I think it's a really good deal. Obviously, um, you know, if you're a producer that's bought loads of their plugins in the past I think it's not very fair um I've bought quite a few of their plugins but um I thought it was a decent deal to be honest um but I think they did the right thing after the backlash definitely that's um, not a popular opinion keep going because this is kind of this is an opinion that we haven't heard enough of in this is great time. because uh, we're getting two sides of st- <laughs> we rarely have this we're always agreeing on the podcast so this yeah, is, but you can um, keep talking anyway because that voice—you could just do the whole podcast if you want, <laughs> Shia, because it's just a great voice. Just no, I th- I think the you know people are right to be angry. Um, I don't think it's fair just to suddenly randomly say right we're just subscription based, and um, yeah. Um, but saying that, I do think I don't think it's a terrible deal. So um, I was happy to subscribe. Um, so going forward, will you be subscribing? Given, I mean, I don't know how many products you already you already have uh, on Perpetual, and um, where 10, the kind of I think. okay, so so not a huge number. Is it a tempting no. offer then? In that case, to go, I will tell you what, I'll just have the lot. I'll just go on a subscription. It is tempting, I think, because I definitely use a lot of them. I tried the um, Abbey Road, the NX as well, which was uh, quite fun. Oh, um, Clarity is amazing. One, okay. Have you tried Clarity? Which is no. the clean, the vocal cleaner? It's absolutely brilliant. That. You could you can record a vocalist with a leaf blower in the studio and then get rid of the leaf blower. Mm. It's insane <laughs> yeah. how it works. It's brilliant. But I was going to say, do you, do you use any of these kind of things that, like, as I say, I'm an old fart making middle of the road music these days, but you're doing the cool production stuff. <laughs> so, do you use any of these new cool ones that like the vocal changes and 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 voice stuff and all that, or do you not bother? Uh, for what do you mean? For example, well, waves do what well, waves do about four or five that have kind of like. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm, go I'm struggling for now. product names as well. The yeah. one with the guy <laughs> in the second. Goes, is it Ovox? Bum, bum, There's one called bum. Ovox, isn't there? Is it Ovox? The I one that's that does all it, kind yeah. of like vocoders and stuff. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I mean, not necessarily because I've kind of got my workflow. Um, yeah. I do use the S1 Stereo Width, Wave Center, all of that. I think they're really good. Um, the EQs, compression. Um, yeah, but I do know a lot of producers that use Waves just constantly and they get really quick 
really good sounds from that and they're not necessarily audio engineers either which um and they get really good really really nice sounds so so any particular products you're talking about when you say that i'm I'm interested um i think like the maserati series right yeah because I was, I was going to say, is this like the, the, you know, the big name producer series plugins, the, the black boxes as we call them? Because um, mm, quite a few of us like, have yeah. said we get frustrated because we can't see it under the hood of what's happening. I don't like it personally, but I can see how if you wanted a really quick sound and you weren't necessarily that clued up on, you know, the engineering side of things, how you can just get a really, really decent um, sound without sort of doing much, to be honest. But isn't this the point, though? This is what they were trying to go for. Is that let's, yeah. let's just rewind this a bit and to put it into context. The context of their decision was that the audio industry is pretty much going to come to its own 2008 crash because it can't go on for much longer the way it is in terms of the amount of people making products and the amount of people buying them because there's just not enough people for the products being made. And mm -hmm. what's happening at the moment in the industry is displacement. So in, we're not growing the industry. We're just saying, okay, I'm not going to use the Waves 1176 anymore. I'm going to use the UAD. And then you move to the Arturia. And they're all people, are, as the joke goes, do, let's make another 1176 plugin because I think my mum made one. It's there's so many out there. And even hardware, how many more interfaces do we need? And so you have this problem... Mm -hmm. And what we also have to bear in mind is that small developers cannot be compared to large developers. So a small developer, some are minor clients. So there's sometimes one person operations working with very little overheads versus a company like Waves or Universal Audio or Avid that has sometimes thousands of staff and the infrastructure to support that. Now, the cost of running a big business like that is so different to running a small business because the overheads totally changed. So you've got all these pressures on you in an already saturated market and you've got to find ways to assure income for the future. And so one of the big ways of doing it now is a subscription model. Mm -hmm. And when you've got, when you've got a, a, a back catalogue like Waves, it's an easy win because you, you, could, you could build a subscription plan that's incredibly attractive yep. with 200 plugins overnight. So... That's the backstory. This, that's the backstory, and I think we're going to see some brands go, uh, go out of business, and we're seeing some buys as well. So we saw Soundwide buy Native Instruments and Plugin Alliance and Isotope, and so we have some problems in the industry, and we have to put all of these decisions these companies are making into that context. They've got to stay alive. Yeah. And they're trying to find ways of doing it. How they did it was terrible. <laughs> There's no other way around that. Uh, you, it's, it, it's indefensible. Uh, they didn't consult and they didn't uh, ease people into it. If they'd said to people, okay, in the next year we're going subscription and then you'll, it'll all be a subscription, then you'd get yourself ready, wouldn't you? You'd figure out either you're mm. going to change your plug-in catalogue or you're going to just get used to it. Because I asked think a question. people would have... Um bought that if they'd have sort of done it slowly and tried to convince people to um, subscribe and see the value in, in that. Well, it gives you time to make the argument, doesn't it? It mm. gives you time as a company to win people over and to, mm. and to, because in a sense, everybody, once the, mi the minute they announced, it's all on the back foot then. 
It's not like, it's like, what the hell? I've spent $20,000 on Waves bundles mm-hmm. over the years. Yes, now you're telling me I don't own it? them anymore. So... Yeah, but perpetual licenses were, were going to con- continue to work. They, were, they weren't cutting them off under the original. Plan. Yes, but Julian, in, a, mm. in, the, in the world of social media and forums, oh yeah, <laughs> everything's oh, yeah. binary. Well, everything's febrile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really you, hard yeah. to make nuanced arguments From my in cold the down modern down. world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, if you haven't got, if you haven't got, to, so to make those arguments, you need time. And especially when you're a company the size of Waves, 1.5 million users, 30 years old, they should have, they are effectively the Church of England of the plugin world. They have been Mm -hmm. around forever and they have a huge uh, congregation and you don't (laughs) take them overnight. It's like, it literally would be like yeah, it's a very same. strange decision to make, wasn't it? Well, it, what it, I, what I thought was interesting yeah. was that um, uh, this this news got uh, got I don't know some retailer or someone uh, um, announced it early, accidentally, and the, I mean this happens. But what was interesting about this was the response that that I saw to that online was disbelief. People just brushed it yeah. off as going, no, that that's not right. That that's exactly right. what got happened. It, wrong. it was such a monumentally big decision that he'd made that when the, the two dealers emailed their customer database to say, by next week, you won't have to buy Waves plugins anymore. It's all going subscription. The response wasn't, oh, shit, Waves are going subscription. They were going, these guys have got it wrong. Because it was such a huge decision. Mm-hmm. It was such a huge... And, and it, was, it was an unbelievable decision. That's why people didn't believe it. Uh, <laughs> it is a, it is an ab, it, it is as I say. But then everybody became a, an expert in, in plugging companies and how you should run one. Ever wondered what it's like to mix an entire album for Kanye or layering vocals for Chris Brown? Join your hosts Cash and G every fortnight as we sit down with some of your favorite artists, producers, and engineers to talk everything music. Brought to you by Avid Pro Tools. That sounds great. I'm going to stretch the uh, sort of the envelope slightly on what you were saying just earlier, Russ, about the saturated market, the oversupply, the yep. the decreasing relative to the size of the inventory trying to be you know sold. The um, the comparatively you know were not growing number of, of potential customers, and I was thinking, and, and stop me if I'm off on completely the wrong foot here, but I was thinking, who's really really good at marketing and maintaining uh, a market for a product that doesn't look attractive? I thought, well, obviously tobacco, <laughs> and mm-hmm. they've managed to persist from the kind of like the you know in the 70s when oh what these things don't contain vitamins through to where we are today where first off by finding a new market to sell into um, and this is very much what they started to do and then finding a new product to sell to your original market and create a new market and I'm so what I'm talking about there is kind of selling to different parts of the world because you couldn't sell you know in uh, in, in you know the UK and the US or whatever quite as readily anymore so just open up to new markets and and sell there and then just go well why don't we just invent vaping and then people it's a different it's I'm, I'm stretching the envelope but I still think there's a point trying to get out from what I'm saying of um if, even with a product like that, that business has managed to keep going. It's it's a deeply evil business, so you know let's get that out of the way straight. But the point is, it's uh, it's managed to keep going for decades and decades. Whereas you know, forty, fifty years ago, people were, would have been saying, "Well, that's a business that's not going to exist in ten years." 
and it's going fine. It's going on strong. It's probably making more money than ever. And I can't help thinking, not that I'm saying that selling plugins is anything like selling cigarettes, but um, that uh, potentially, you know, yeah, things are going to get tough for a while and it'll reinvent itself and it will. And I don't know exactly where that'll go, but I don't think I'd have been able to guess where things would have gone if I'd been sitting, you know, on the board of a tobacco company in, in, you know, the early 70s going, reading some depressing uh, um, medical reports. I don't know. Am I going too far? I think no, possibly, but I think just just say just I started that conversation about the state of the industry to to put some context into this. The the way they're responding is they're trying to find new markets, and those new markets are in the uh, what is what is in the aspirational artist who and actually to be honest. The, the fact is that in some cases they're actually doing some good stuff because for the odd for the average person I'm sure we'd all agree in this room that mm-hmm. music tech has become incredibly cool but it's still quite hard to use oh and we gosh, all think yeah. it, it do you know what I mean so for the I mean talk about the average person so you're a trained engineer Ashir mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, and I'm trained and Julian's trained but for the average person who just wants to make a tune who yep. just wants to write a track, to use that stuff is incredibly hard. Yep. And so we live in a world now which is press this button and this can happen. That's what. And actually the Waves thing, if you look at it, they, they went about it backwards because what they've, what they've done is this new studio verse, which is where you AI listens to the audio and says this is the vocal chain you should try if you want to get a rap vocal mm-hmm. or this is the vocal, this is the chain you should try for your drum kit. But And so that makes perfect sense because I've been talking for at least a decade that mm. what... Uh, when is somebody going to do for audio what Apple did for the for the photo? Because you know what? You take a photo on your iPhone. You don't mm-hmm. have to have a camera anymore. Yep. And you can then use filters, which is the audio equivalent of a plugin. And suddenly you've got a picture that looks pretty good. It looks, mm-hmm. it looks good enough. And so you've got all those people out there who want to make radio-ready tunes, even though they don't want to go through all the pain of learning all the stuff. Now, we could all sit down all day and go, oh, they should do it properly, as we look at our Google Maps to get to a time, shop. It takes a long time, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it does take a long time. So they're going after that segment, but then what happens is attention. Because half of your business is marketing to a segment where you're telling them, you don't need to know how, what you're doing. You can just make a tune by pressing this button. And But but your business was originally built out of people who do know what they're doing, who right. have worked hard, who have got qualifications, who have earned their stripes of 20 years of writing chart hits and stuff. And they're going, hang on a minute. So you've got this, this balance balancing act you've still got to play as well while you're trying to go to the vaping part of the industry now to, mm-hmm. to put it in your words julian uh that's the challenges that are going on we are it, it's less about the tobacco industry it's more like over the last few days i've watched the big short and margin call again which is when the crash of 2008 happened great movies both of them and we are currently looking at an audio industry where it's unsustainable it can't carry on and so they've either got to find new ways to sell what they make or they're going to go out of business. It's as simple as that. Yep. No, I completely agree. Um, it's a difficult situation, isn't it? It is. So, it is. So, Ashir, with your, with your work, I mean, uh, is that something that, as a professional, would be beneficial to you? Having uh, How often do you work, do you work with, uh, with vocal takes that have been recorded you know, self-recorded by the artist. I'd imagine that's something that's ha- that happens to you. Uh, it does. I prefer not to do that, if I'm honest. Um, but it it does happen. 
you know, they'll record from home or sort of a, a low-end studio and mm. it won't be quite right and then you have to do a lot of editing. Um, but yeah, usually I like to try and get a really, really clean vocal recording in the best setup possible. Um, otherwise, it's just a lot of work trying to... Uh, make it sound good isn't it i mean potentially i mean something i was thinking was i don't know if you've come across these and there's something that um if we get to them are on our list for today these um Mm -hmm. uh these current generation of ai products that clean up dialogue and they're sort of aimed at uh, at dialogue as opposed to vocals but i can't help thinking the i mean the remarkable ability of them to take something that's uh got everything that a badly recorded vocal would have too you know too far off mic too much room in in uh, coming down the mic all that kind of stuff and it can just take it away in a way that i certainly couldn't with a bunch of plugins mm. and, and some time so do you see where i'm going with kind of like there's there's potential gains for people you know like like you i mean yes it's better if the client comes to you and records vocals with you or, or somebody mm. as, as i think as it's you. good yeah because uh, obviously we're in a much more global market as well and, um, you know, sometimes you're not local to the client. Um, they're halfway over the other side of the world. Um, so that actually opens up a lot more opportunities um, for producers to work with different clients. Um, so there's that, which is handy. Uh, it also makes it cheaper for the artist. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely benefits to all of that. Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, three delays you'll actually use, includes Delay Tape 201, Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. A bundle of selected effects, called the AudioFuse Creative Suite, is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Achoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. And I suppose potentially, in the, in the same way that we had um, <clears throat> sort of, you know, AI and online mastering services, and there's a lot of resistance around that as well about, oh, no, you should do it properly. But there's a whole load of people mm. who, who just aren't going to do that. So it's kind of like, okay, would you rather somebody were figuring out themselves in the room that they'd mixed in without some suitable experience or to use some tools that will give a better result? And those people are outside of the potential clients for professional mastering anyway in the same way perhaps this we could see a shift of that technology to the other end of the production process where the stuff that's coming in has been addressed by some kind of suitable ai treatment for those people who maybe have a good idea but aren't going to be the client for that little tracking room or studio Mm. that's going to do those initial takes i mean i don't see it as good news for recording studios or mastering (laughs) engineers if i'm honest i'm not sure i do either but (laughs) I'd I'd argue against that oh, really? because I th- yeah I think there's two lies that go on and I I I was trying to find something that SoundCloud had advertised yesterday and I took exception to. There's a SoundCloud ad doing the the round. There's two lies in our industry right now. The first one is this SoundCloud ad that says there's an artist in every fan. That's bullshit. There isn't an artist in every fan because <laughs> I asked my wife this. If there's a hundred thousand people at let's say I don't know uh, an Ed Sheeran concert. 99% of those people just want to watch Ed Sheeran do his yep. songs. They might go home and sing them in the shower. They might play them at their wedding or at a funeral or whatever it is. But they have no aspiration to ever become a star or even aspiration to even make a piece of music. They just love it. Half of them don't even think they could do it. Mm. So for SoundCloud to say there's an artist in every fan, that plays into that whole kind of narrative that's in our industry right now, that anybody can do this. 
Yeah, they uh, they definitely can't. Which is I know, BS. Um, Absolutely, complete. <laughs> people can really appreciate music, um, yeah. but have absolutely no talent, no musicality whatsoever. Yeah. I've walked around the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam. It's got Hans Holbein and all the top artists in the world. I don't think I'm a painter when I came out there. No. Simple as no. that. Second lie in this industry is that this kind of technology is going to put us out of work. It won't, because the kind of people using this would never have hired a mastering engineer in the first place. They would never have hired a recording studio in the first place uh, for various reasons, but one of them would have been financial. Uh, so most of the products that are coming out now, all this like click and make it sound great in waves product that's come out called Studioverse, isn't there to put people like you and me out of work because those people would never have bought our services in the first place. But do you not think if it gets really, really advanced and really good, then a lot of people are going to be converted and say, well, this sounds just as good as a studio? Well, sometimes it does sound just as good, but that's, not, that's never been... That's always, that was, that's been the same since the 1950s or 60s. You could... And I know you're saying that actually you can do it on a laptop what you used to do in a, a studio, but stu this, the death of the studio started... 30, 40 years ago in the mm. 80s when I was young. Uh, when when the, you could say that you could trace that way back to, to the Porter studio, to the Tascam 244 yeah. I bought and I went into my bedroom because I didn't have to go to a studio to do a demo anymore. So yeah. it put out of business all the local studios. But who generally were run by... Lot, yeah, but to be honest, local studios were generally run by dickheads who <laughs> didn't ever look after their gear. I don't know, Julian, whether you had... I used to work in a local studio. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but what I'm saying is they generally were rehearsal rooms with a, with a four-track reel-to-reel -reel in the corner. And it was like... Hey, and, that was eight-track, thank you very much. Oh, eight-track, sorry. <laughs> but you know what I mean, Jules. But so so the death of the local recording studio wasn't always a bad thing. But, like, but I think the way... And let's talk about this... This is the most important thing to fight against that lie. Ashir, you don't sell gear. You sell your skill and your experience yeah, and your wisdom and your talent. You yeah, can't yeah. buy that. No. And actually, no, no. We're, using, we're playing with ChatGPT on the experts team right now. And, and I, I asked it to write an article about, about what was the best DAW. It was, it was at best pretty vanilla, didn't give any opinions. It was inaccurate. Uh, and so... And actually, if anybody thinks robots are going to take over the world, they've never asked Google to do anything on their home automation system because Google, most of the time, I'm just telling it to shut up because it either talks to me when I don't want it to or doesn't do what I ask it to do. So yeah. I think we're way... Uh, robots taking over the earth isn't anytime soon. So now I don't think... I think the two lies are that we're trying to convince everybody that they can make a record. And the other one is that, that people yeah. who do do this for a living are going to be out of business because of this, this tech. Yeah, and, I, yeah, I completely agree that, you know... We're not all artists. There are a lot of people that have absolutely dismal sense of rhythm or musicality and they're excellent at other things and they really enjoy music, but they just can't hear in the way that, you know, musical people can. So there's that. I think with the recording studios, the one thing that we can't do at home is the acoustics. I yeah. mean, I think acoustics are really important for not only vocal recording, but for mixing. Yep. Yeah. Um, I know if I go to a proper studio to mix, it sounds so much better. I can hear so much, so much better than at home, you know, and I've got, I've got acoustic treatment here, but it's just not, it's not the same. And I said this about the, so I've got a pair of key speakers, they're 15,000 quid, my monitors. Mm. And somebody had the suggestion that Stephen Slate's VSX headphone system uh, could replace them. And he sent me them <laughs> to try. And they're very good, but they can't replace those speakers. No. 
they can get close, but they still can't replace them. And the other thing yeah. about recording, as you say, is that two things. One is experience. The second one is when you're tracking, you, you might be able to track a guitar through a plug-in and think, oh, that sound, that's convincing. But it's not the same as putting a, a speaker across the room and putting a mic against it and having that acoustic of that room in there as yeah, well. It's exactly. beautiful. So I don't worry about this industry. In the 80s, everybody said that drum machines could put drummers out of work. There's more drummers than there's ever been, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Boom so my wish didn't come true there, did it? Um, I'd, I was concerned that we wouldn't have enough to say about this. I think we've sort of pretty much filled the podcast. <laughs> we really we just, have. Actually, I wasn't have that we? concerned. It's 27. Let's, should we talk about something We should probably nice talk about something else show. before we run out it's of nice time. It's nice to have a debate for a change, isn't it? It, it is. is. It's nice, nice to have actually. somebody not, not, not just agree with everyone else. And, and yeah, yeah. Because uh, Well, there's the, the yeah. lesson is stop bringing old farty men on the show, Julian, and let's, yeah, let's yeah, have some yeah. other points of view. <laughs> I was just... Uh, <laughs> no, never mind, actually. I'm not oh, I can be that. old farty when I want to, don't worry. Okay, well, I mean, let's talk about some uh, some hardware products in that case. Audience. Uh, Audience released the ID24, uh, new baby of their range. Uh, Russ, you're a fan of shit. Have you used... Do you use any Audience gear? Um, do I use it? No, but I'm actually quite convinced that I want to uh, buy it, uh, this particular audio interface. Oh, okay. Um, which, which boxes does it tick? It ticks uh, the fact that you can use a hybrid of um, outboard gear as well. It's small, it's compact, I can travel with it. It's perfect for a sort of home studio, for a producer. Um, I think the the preamp's incredibly transparent, so I've heard, which is really good. Um, And also it works, I think there's an ID knob, so you can assign to different parameters. Um, I do a lot of automation yeah. Um, so I, I like to have, you know, control over the. That's the, the standout the feature for me. That possible. one, yeah. That touch and twist kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's yeah. really cool. So you... I only use sort of one, one parameter at a time usually. So and that seems really quick and, okay. and easy. Um, what what I was going to say. So it sounds like you you're picking up on the uh, the insert points, which is a standout for me. I'd sort of overlooked it and mm. gone insert points on something that size. Very cool. Have you really ever cool. been face to face with any of that, that series, that ID series of um, of interfaces? Have you seen them like you know in real life? I haven't, sadly. They are. You, you can definitely knock nails in with them, put it that way. So they something mm-hmm. that I, I know having killed a couple of little desktop interfaces by pulling them in and out of bags for too long. Um, that's It's a very tough little unit as well. So, yeah, definitely check it out. And the price point is amazing as well. Hmm. Okay, that sounds like that sounds like a, a big tick to me in that case. Russ, you've, you're using one now, not that particular one, um, but you're, you're a fan as well, aren't you? I've got an Evo 16 in the studio that I use for... For some for some stuff, I've also got a carbon, but both of them have because somebody when I, when I got my carbon, everybody said, "Oh, you're going to get rid of the Evo," and I haven't because it's a great little interface. It's a thrown a backpack sixteen channel interface. Mm. Uh, it's also got incredible features. I've also had an ASP eight eighty, which is their preamp eight channel preamp for about well since it came out, probably seven or eight years ago, and that's absolutely brilliant as well. So that's that just it comes into the back of it through the ADATs. I I can't praise uh, Audient highly enough. I think. They're a brand to watch when it comes to audio interfaces. I think it's they sound great, 
and 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 they and I would say she think about mm. the Evo range because it's got the smart feature on it as well. So okay. which is you might you might not care about that, which is where you can basically hit a button and it sets the gain staging on it. So but oh no, that, but that after the last cool. after the last conversation, we actually might think no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it properly. <laughs> I'm trained. No, so I can get it for for somebody like you. Actually, the 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 ID might be a better one because you you know what you're doing. But for Evo, for people who don't know what they're doing, then mm-hmm. say the smart gain. It's particularly cool on things like drum kits. You can just hit a button and it just does, the drummer can play and it sets all the drum mics. No, like that's that. cool. Very cool. Mm. Uh, now, I can't praise the audience highly enough. And this new one, and as you say, who would have thought of putting inserts on a small interface? But it's a clever idea. Really clever. It's, well, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I can't see the need sort of diminishes, but it's that idea about something professional has to be big. And that's just not the case. But um, yeah, I've I've never used one of these ones actually. I'd quite like to because I want to try out that touch and twist, whatever it's called, which I first mm. came across on Digico consoles years ago, like um, live digital live consoles, and I was I was just like that's awesome, just because the learning curve walking up to something like that can be like oh how does it all work? And it says look, just touch what you want, turn that turns that parameter, brilliant. The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN-equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. Um, I want to I want to kind of make the most of the time we have remaining. So uh, I want to also talk about uh, something more software. Talking about the Twin Three synth, we forget Fab Filter. I mean, including the name Filter, uh, they were originally their their first product. I understand was uh, was a synthesizer, and we associate them with their massive super hits like kind of Q Three and C Two and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. What do we think about this, Russ? You checked it out, uh, Shea. You you were saying you haven't you have tried this or I can't very, remember. Very very briefly, I think I tried it last night. Okay. Um, I mean, I love Fab Filter in general. Mm. I think um, the sort of intuitive feel of the drag and drop modulation. I think that's really really cool. Um, so yeah, I definitely love the rest of their plugins. Okay, which which ones are you particularly particularly fond of then? While we're there, well, the EQ. Like pretty everyone. much yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's uh, fantastic <laughs> and the delay as well oh I love that timeless it's called isn't it yeah. is it timeless yeah but the, the, that's where modulation really you can really start to have some fun with yeah, modulation yeah that's there. incredible yeah, um, sure. so I think they're really really great um, I did have a listen to some of the presets uh, I thought they were okay there were some nice ones in there um, but I'm not entirely convinced at the moment I think there's so many synths sure. you know are you, are you much of a um, synth user? Yeah, I use Serum quite a lot oh, okay. and Silence. Um, but yeah, um, I don't think I'd buy it at this at this present moment. Okay, fair enough. Russ, you you tried it. You liked it. Yeah, but I'm totally with Sheer about the presets. The presets kind of feel like an afterthought. They're not that inspiring. Mm. They're not that good. No. But that's the worst thing about it. But the best things about it are it's just. Uh, yeah, it's just just utterly utterly programmable, instantly programmable. It's just drag and drop. 
So you go, okay, I want to, I want to just add a, add a slider so I can turn my chorus and my reverb and my echo up on this synth and just, just link it with like link cables and then you've got it, boom, it's there. Or if you want to put an LF, LFO on a, on a, on a pad to give it a bit of movement, you go, well, I'll get this LFO and I just throw it on, I'll throw it on the, the cutoff frequency and then, so it's. Uh, if you love your presets, then it's probably not for you because you've got Omnisphere and all these other great synths. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's even that great, what's that great one that I keep going? That's the free synth. It's absolutely brilliant for a free synth. It's absolutely, I can't remember what it's called now. I was trying to find it while, while you were just talking there. But no, <laughs> it's it's it, utterly programmable. But again, that was that's my background. And Julian, you're a bit of a synth head as well. So I, I like having a poke around. And so, and I like building, I can build a patch faster than I can find a preset because I've got a two terabyte drive full of presets and it, it I, I can age just looking for a sound. Mm. Whereas I think, well, if I need a pad sound, I'll just do this and boom, it's there. Mm. So oh, that's handy. Uh, but kids can't do that anymore. They don't no. have the time and they're lazy. <laughs> no. and, and We uh, are a little lazy. Yeah, just no, like, Russ, Russ putting the boot in on feckless youth. On uh, feckless youth kids today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I remember when this... Anyway, never mind. Um, I remember. You, I remember when you had to heat up the valves. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we, uh, we haven't talked about um, the release of Pro Tools 2023.3. 20, um, I mean, Avid, the, Avid have had a whole podcast to talk about um, Sonic Drop, which is kind of uh, a, a new feature in there. And it, we knew that... Uh, that um, Apple Silicon Native, fully qualified Apple Silicon Native, was was on the way, and it's now here. Um, there are some other things as well, but you know, it's, uh, we we love that. But I, th- I think we should sort of move past that quickly and just get uh, get one last one in before we go to find of the week. I want to talk about the um, back to hardware, the Cranbourne Audio Carnaby Five Hundred Harmonic EQ. Uh, now I know you know about this, Russ. Um, have you checked this out, Shu? Have you seen what the, the deal I is? I have. Here? checked out what they're selling and it sounds really interesting i'm glad um, you said I'm that not, keep going i'm not sure how <laughs> i'd use it in my workflow at the moment just because it's so new and so different but um from what i can gather it's uh three different bands of uh saturation that you can control and so when you boost or cut it adds kind of uh, analog harmonics and saturation which is um Apparently, really, really uh, helpful and different. Um, so, uh, yeah, and original, which is what struck me and straight ri- away as I saw it, and I thought well, that well, that that is a good idea. Which is something mm. that yeah, I don't in the context that- <laughs> of where we started this conversation earlier about how oversaturated this industry is, original products are essential. There's only two ways to win now. You've either got to do something better, or you've got to do something new. And this is something new. And interestingly enough, one area of music that would really benefit from this EQ is hip-hop and R&B and all those kind of areas. So, for example, you can take an 808 kick on Mm. this and then saturate it as you're EQing it. And the difference would be remarkable because... Let's take let's take sine waves. They're used a lot in bass parts in 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 that kind of music. Now the problem with the sine wave is that you've put a filter on a sine wave. All it can do is turn it up or down because there's no harmonics to filter. But the great thing about this is it can in- reintroduce the harmonics and give you a really cool sound again mm. on kick drums, on basses, all that kind of stuff. Even synths and and especially at the top end for a vocal. You get those really lovely, nicely. I heard a vocal the other day. I thought there's quite a lot of clipping in that, but it was just the distortion of a really old mic done well. Mm, uh, and 
I, I th- this is a fantastic product. And as I say, I'm just talking to you now through their uh, their, their 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 preamp. Uh, it's a Camden EC1. I think it's called a Camden. I think it is. Yes, it is a Camden EC1. And that's got some tricks up its sleeve as well. They're just a very smart company that are thinking, mm-hmm. okay, let's just not make the same as everybody else. Let's, they could have made a 1073, couldn't they? Or they could have made another, just another Pultec, but they haven't. They've made something that's just new and interesting and really, really useful, I think. Hmm. Yeah, In because you have so much well. control over the, the sound and the saturation where you want it. So, yeah, I think that's very cool. And their genius opto feature which is basically if you put two in a rack side by side. Yeah, that is clever. And you flip this switch, it uses a light, uses uh, like, uh, like, a, like a infrared light to match the settings on the next unit along. Really oh, clever. So in cool. mastering, I'd love to hear what this does in mastering because it could really add some real colour and flavour mm-hmm. to, to a track. I, really, I think these are going to be really big amongst mastering engineers who use 500 mm-hmm. series. be nice to see them make a stereo version in a 19-inch rack. Because I think that would be a great mastering tool. This is this is a thing. I mean, this is kind of something that I've been doing for a long time in terms of adding some, I mean, particularly on kind of like bass parts and stuff where you're saturating it, but the, the, you're then filtering the saturation to restrict it to a certain part of the 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 spectrum. Ashir, you were talking about uh, the uh, fab filter stuff. And um, uh, do you use satin? Uh, no, I don't. Actually. That's that's one which is exactly, I mean, it's not built to do this, but you can do this with it because you've got okay. different bands of saturation you can set up and you can have different flavours and amounts of saturation in different bands. And uh-huh. and it's and if you change the levels of those bands, you've effectively got uh, a uh, an EQ in the same way as pulling up and down the bands in a, in a multiband compressor is kind of like an EQ. So it's okay. something that we can all play with if we've got access to something as kind of you know luxurious as uh, as as um, fab filter satin. But yeah, um, we are uh, running quite long on the show though, so we should move along to find of the week. RSPE Audio Solutions design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. Shea, tell us, what is your find of the week? Okay, so um, my find of the week is something called Music Hack Master Plan. Um, And it's from Grammy-nominated producer and engineer Stan Green and Samuel Fishman. Uh, and apparently it's a complete mastering workflow. You just put it on your master bus and it does everything. No need for other plugins at all. Um, it's very, very simple. The layouts, you've got a loudness knob. You can adjust the lows, the highs, the width. Um, I think they've got a thickness button, a clean mix button as well. Uh, multi-brand compression tape, uh, tape emulation as well. I'm just checking here. Um, and another really cool feature as well is you can test your track through different systems. So, for example, the NS10s or your phone or checking it in mono as well. So, Cool. Yeah. And I did have a little play around with it and it sounds pretty clean, pretty nice. Um, yeah. So I think especially if you're sort of new to mastering and you want a kind of quick, quick mastering job, then um, 
I think it's worth checking out, definitely. Excellent. So kind of a bit like, uh, what's it, uh, b- b- the BX Master Desk type thing, but a, a bit more straightforward to get on with in terms of the controls from what Very I Very straightforward, see. yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, Russ, what's your find of the week? By the way, that that's ma- music hack is with a K, not the hack, yep. the K, the music, because I tried Googling it. Yeah. And ended up on some other page that wasn't anything to do with this. So, uh, but it's, it seems like a cool plugging. So, I'm a bit torn between the monkfish I had for lunch yesterday, but we won't do that because nobody would ever be able to try that. And uh, I've been, as I say, I'm using a Cranbourne audio uh, uh, preamp, which is just really cool. And I tried it the other day uh, because it's, it's not only just a, a really cool front end, I nearly bought a 1073 front end. And then I thought, hmm, not sure. And it was, I wanted something for my SM7 and also for the ribbon. And a 1073 would have been an easy win. But then I saw this, I don't know even where I saw it. And it's, it's, it's really, really cool. It's got, so I'm talking to you at the moment without any stuff on it. But basically then you've got two mojo style sets, two mojo settings, which are cream and thump. And you just add more in. And one, I've got to remember what they do. Give me a second. I'm just going to go to Cranbourne mm. Audio very quickly to tell you, because uh, it's not. I actually know what they do, but I actually want to say what they actually. It's called the Camden EC One, and it's not new. It's been around for a few years. But so the, yeah, the Mojo options are: if you have Thump on, at twenty percent you get transformer style saturation. At fifty percent you get like a, a, a low end thickening. And at 100%, you get like thump and, and warmth and stuff like that. So it'd be great on like an 808 kick or something like that. Oh, nice. But actually on a mic, it's nice. And then on the cream setting, that's tube style saturation. And again, that's got about, it's got, it gets all creamy at the top end and gooey is their words for it. But you get tape style saturation and stuff as well. So I tried it on an acoustic guitar. I used an SM7, mm-hmm. which is basically an SM57 on, on, a, on, a, on my tailor, uh, just around the top of the neck. And recorded them in their different positions just kept going around and around and around and just changing the settings and it really does what it says on the tin so in 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 thump mode you get that really nice low end thickening on the acoustic but you don't get all that boominess you often get you know in acoustics they're so easy to get boomy if you're not careful but but so it removes that thinness from the sound but without making it all boomy and horrid and which you often then have to scoop out in the mix so i am incredibly impressed by it and it's not expensive either. I think it's about four hundred, five hundred pounds, which compared okay. to a ten. What was your ten seventy three, Julian? Two grand, uh, and the rest. Yeah. So it's British, and it's got some other clever features on it as well. So you can feed another line into it, and then mix that back in. So let's say you're tracking in a studio with a vocalist and or a guitarist, and you need to give them some more of the mix back. You can do that in the box, like like it's almost like having a, a single mixer channel. So you can do like latency-free monitoring without having to mess around with tech just on a knob just by feeding it so it's i i am incredibly impressed by it i'm going to write it up in a review but but uh uh and they do a two they do a two channel one as well they do a stereo one so that is my find of the week very very good excellent well mine i've decided not to go with the i don't know boring keyboard that i found mayonnaise this week julian Uh, well um (laughs) I did have a keyboard lined up I was going to talk about, which I might talk about on another on another podcast because I need finds of the week constantly. But uh, what I've been distracted by in the last few days is a podcast which I found on BBC Sounds, The Lazarus Heist, 
which is great. It's just gone into its second series, and it's it's all about it's all about how North Korea funds itself and gets foreign currency basically by doing loads and loads of nefarious stuff on the internet and uh, pulling off gigantic um, like raids on banking systems using um, using kind of state sponsored uh, cyber. Hacking techniques yeah. and stuff and yeah yeah, yeah. really really interesting and, and very audacious so you know it's a really interesting listen and um yeah I've, i'm halfway through series two on that and it's very much worth listening if you like that kind of thing so uh, that's all we've got time for this week um thank you to my guests uh, ashir and russ we'll be back next week with another edition of the production expert podcast <laughs> <laughs>